Yesterday was media day for the defending world champion Golden State Warriors. We have a lot of sound to play, a lot of topics to discuss. The season's here. We're back to full-time status. It's a daily podcast again. Kylan Mills joins me as she does every Monday and Friday. Get ready for the ride. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts and YouTube. You can follow Kylan Mills on Twitter at Kylan Mills. You can follow me, Cyrus Sotsas, on Twitter at DogSurfRocho and this program on Twitter at Locked On Dubs. Kylan, you missed media day yesterday. You're what, at a, at a baby shower? Is that right? <laughs> yeah, so I was at a baby shower. I like have been gone for the last six days. I was doing some work as a soccer analyst for CBS Sports. They flew me out to Miami. I hopped up to Chicago to do a couple of family events, hit a baby shower yesterday. Didn't know, obviously, when I planned the trip that the Warriors were going to do media day because this is early for media day. Keep in mind, yeah. um, I think given their trip to Japan, that most teams are doing it a little bit later on in the week. So I did not realize that it was going to be happening on Sunday. <laughs> However, that means you get to fill me in. And I'm really excited. I've heard some of the sound bites, but you were there in person, Cyrus. You've got to give us all the down low. Yeah, it was fun. I spent about five hours there. It started very late. Uh, practice went long. You had a lot of disgruntled media members going, when is it going to start? Um, I had some fun exchanges. Like I met um, Underdog. He, I don't know if you know who he is from in, from uh, inside the NBA on TNT. Yeah. Um, he's their infamous producer. Him and Dennis Scott were in town at Media Day recording uh, segments, taping interviews. So Underdog's awesome. He's actually going to be on this show soon. I'm really pumped for that. Um, I talked to Clay Thompson for a little while. And of course, the topic went to Rocco. Clay was funny. Like, like Clay has moods, right? <laughs> and he was not in the mood to do media day yesterday. And, and at least yeah. I could tell right away. So it was, it's always comedy when he's just in that mood, right? Where he's like, I don't want to do this, but whatever. Um, but we talked about Rocco. I learned that Rocco does not skate on skateboards like a lot of English Bulldogs do. He actually <laughs> bites the skateboard and tries to tear it apart. Um, and I'll talk about Clay later. Bruce Frazier, uh, assistant coach of the Warriors. He's uh, primarily the shooting coach uh, with Stephen Curry. Him and I talk surfing for maybe 20 minutes because him and Kerr uh, are, are both surfing buddies. But the cool thing about that is Bruce Frazier told me he's been trying to get Stephen Curry to go surf, which I think would, would not only be a really awesome experience for Steph, but I think it would actually extend his longevity. I think he could play a few years longer because surfing is just such an intense workout, but it's so rewarding at the same time. And and I, I really do feel like the the physical benefits of you know this the strenuous workout of paddling and just the the all the health benefits for being the ocean would be huge. Anyway, so so Q and I, Bruce Fraser's nickname is Q, talked for a while. And then Patrick Baldwin Jr., he's gonna come on the show soon. I talked to him. He's a huge human being, like he's a big boy. I, I like I could it's I could see him if he if he just really focuses on his inside game besides the shooting. This is a guy who could be like a center slash Clay Thompson type player. I mean, I, I see I saw a lot more the appeal of, of Patrick Baldwin Jr. from seeing him in person. Um, all in all, a fun experience, Kylan. It was awesome. Like you said, they're going to, to Japan soon. Um, Stephen Curry, I'm gonna start with sound bites with him because Steph 
uh, address Giannis Antetokounmpo saying that Stephen Curry's the best player in the world. Did you see that clip? Like, yes, yes, of course. Before he and played, what do you what do you think of that? Was that gamesmanship? Was that respect? What were your thoughts about Giannis saying that Stephen Curry is the best player uh, on the planet? I think that it was mutual respect. I think it was genuine respect. Um, however, I think it is important to mention the context of him saying that is that he was asked if he feels like he's the best player in the world or what defines the best player in the world. And he said, the last player who led his team to a championship guys. That title. And that's exactly what Steph Curry has done. He led the Warriors to a title. So he deserves, you know, that MVP, that NBA finals MVP title. And so he deserves the title as the best player in the world going into the season. And I totally agree with that. If you lead your team to a championship, I like the point that Giannis made. And I think that he respects what Curry's been able to do with the Golden State Warriors. Agreed. I, I think these two teams are, are on a crash course for an NBA finals meeting. But, uh, you know, a recurring theme from media members and the questions they were asking players was, do you still have that chip on your shoulder? And that theme uh, applies here um, because Steph was asked whether or not he thought Giannis was being genuine, just like I asked you, or... Um, if this was Giannis trying to take away a motivating factor uh, from Steph and the Warriors, something that the Memphis Grizzlies and other teams still have not learned yet, here is Stephen Curry. Some guys feed on adversity and negative talk and so forth. Uh, maybe it's going to hurt you if it goes the other way. Like uh, today, Giannis, for instance, was saying Steph Curry is the best. Is it going to will it soften you what? up if people are too nice to you? Yeah, he said what? Uh, Giannis. Antetokounmpo. He said that you're the best. Oh, oh I was, <laughs> thought you were making that up. Oh, no. <laughs> no. No. No, he didn't. I guess they had their media day, too, and uh, he offered you, that. Got you. Got you. Well, I don't know. What was the question? Sorry. Yeah, that was an Thanks oddly for telling me that. Thank you. And thank you, yeah. Giannis. <laughs> you get motivation if people are talking bad about you and putting you down and stuff like this. this is maybe too much the opposite way. People would be too uh, nice. Um... Nah, I don't, I don't know if it was gamesmanship to set the table for. I would say the same thing when you you're facing the champions. Like that's that's part of like uh, the nature of the league. We all want to win, you know, the championship. And when you look at the team, that's the last team standing, and you know who was playing the best. I was thinking the same thing about him last year. You know, coming off their their run. So I appreciate the compliment. It's not gonna soften me up to get complacent at all. Um, but uh, you do appreciate the respect of your peers um, to go out and say stuff like that. And I've been in the situation where I'm complimenting guys around the league, you know, a, a lot as well. What do you think? Um, I mean, I don't think it's a big surprise. I don't think that Giannis saying that is going to soften up Steph, which seems to be what whoever was asking the question was was implying. Um, no, I mean, I think Steph Curry is a player who uses – um, you know, any type of comments against him is fuel, but I don't think that he necessarily takes compliments and, and, you know, suddenly decides that he's going to be complacent. I mean, I think the Warriors are still hungry and a three-peat is something they very much want and are after. I agree. I, I, I'm, I'm really seeing more and more this correlation between the 80s Niners dynasty and this current Warriors team where Steph and Joe Montana have this 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 similarity and then Draymond Green. I remember someone saying a year ago he's the Ronnie Lott of the Warriors defense, and that stuck with me so much. I really think the Warriors are going to cream everyone this year. This is this is a team that has championship experience, who is still has a lot of important pieces that are really young. Um, their core pieces are still in their prime. I, I 
yeah, I'm I'm really ecstatic about this. Um, Draymond Green was really funny. Like he, like <laughs> Quindary Weatherspoon. So a huge part of Media Day is taking photos and recording video bits that the teams and and media entities use as promos uh, for later in the semester. Um, but Draymond Green, uh, the, the way that the, the process worked. It, what's up? Teacher, hey, teach. You said uh, later in the semester. I'm sorry, that just made me laugh. Did I say that? <laughs> they use stuff they can use. They, they tape stuff they can use later in the semester. I was thinking, man, don't take me back to school, Cyrus. Don't sorry. don't do that to all of us. No, it just I'm, made I agree. me giggle. I, I only had to say it because it made me laugh. But no, uh, it was sorry. there was a and slip. I, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so later in the season. Um, <laughs> But so Draymond was funny because so he did an interview in the interview room and then like everyone, they would do interviews and then go get photos taken. Matt McClung, by the way, I got to add this. He's not a big guy. Like he's barely yeah. taller than me. Like I did. And and the fact that Mac McClung has that athleticism is fascinating. I'm curious to see a lot mm. of these players in training camp. But I, I bring up Draymond Green because one of the funniest moments of um of the media day was he was walking to to the, the setup where he was going to get his photo taken and Quindary Weatherspoon had gone there like two minutes before and just started getting his photo taken. Draymond shows up and is like, what's up, young fella? Get out of the way. <laughs> he just canceled this whole thing and took over because Draymond was not going to wait for Quindary Weatherspoon. Um, it, was, it was funny. It was yeah. I, I actually posted that on my Twitter account at DogsRFroach if you want to see a lot of these videos. But anyways, um, Draymond also had some great sound bites. Uh, in fact, we'll get to that when we come back in just a moment because we got a great sponsor, Bet Online, um, that I want to give love to, a longtime sponsor of this program, uh, and more specifically, BetOnline.net. They're your number one source for football betting information this season. Speaking of football, we this is our chance to talk football. Did you watch that Niners game yesterday? And what are your thoughts about the 49ers and this? Oh, TV that news? game was brutal. And I really only watched the second half, to be honest. But so so I didn't see exactly what went down in the first. What I know in the second half is that Jimmy Garoppolo looked terrible. Um, nothing was going right. A couple of the turnovers were brutal. I don't think the Broncos looked good either. It was just like all around a rough game to watch. However, I've really enjoyed a little bit watching the fallout from the game because like people are getting so animated on Twitter. Uh, 49ers Nation is getting really fired up. So uh, it's kept, thing interest kept things uh -huh. interesting for us in the media this week. Um, but man, I don't know. I just feel like all the critics of Trey Lance should be, you know what I mean, have their tails between their legs a little bit because a lot of people were calling for Jimmy Garoppolo back um, you know, begging for Jimmy Garoppolo back and saying the team would get better with Jimmy G. And I think we saw that he is exactly who we thought he is, or at least a lot of people thought he is. I think he's an okay quarterback, but some of those costly mistakes, his inability to, you know, lead some of the drives down the stretch were just exactly what we've seen from Jimmy over the last couple of years. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't no, know if I can put my money on the 49ers anytime soon when it comes to betting. <laughs> nope. And if you bet on the Niners for last night's game, you lost – um, they lost to a very bad Denver Broncos team. By the way, if you want to uh, follow the Niners, every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time, I record a Niners show in Rick Barry's house, a different show I do, but also sponsored by Bet Online. And the reason why we're talking football is because it's football season. You could place a lot of different bets. You could find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis on every team you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. 
You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're your team every day. We really are. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen. We are your team. We are your team. We totally are. Uh, Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. I was on Josh Lloyd's show about a month ago. That was fun. Uh, Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Kylan Mills is free and available on Twitter. You can follow her at Kylan Mills. I'm free and available as well. You can follow me at Dogs for Show. All right, here's Draymond Green. Uh, we got a couple sound bites I want to play of Draymond yesterday. Uh, the first one is a little more lighthearted, uh, where he's talking about um, whether or not the Warriors are going to win another championship. And he addresses the haters. So here is Draymond Green. You guys, mainly the veterans last year, justly really enjoyed reminding people, hey, we, we won a fourth here and proving a lot of people wrong. Is that specific chip on the shoulder still there moving to a fifth championship, or does that have to morph a little bit now? I don't think it's the same chip. I'd be lying to you if I told you it was, but there are chips. Um, there are chips. And... uh there's no shortage of chips, I can tell you that. So, um, you know, it may not be uh, quite, oh, man, people don't think we can do it again as, like, that opinion is, like, as far from relevant as it can possibly be. Um, so whoever has that opinion should probably just shut up uh, because it's just not a bright one. Um and however but however there are chips they're good ones so there's no shortage of chips yeah kettle uh, you know salt and vinegar uh, barbecue chips what did you think about that i i love how draymond green calls out the haters i love it what, what what's your I reaction feel to like that? draymond green lives his life with a chip on his shoulder like has he ever not had a chip on his shoulder like i would be more curious to ask him that question like when did he first start to really feel that chip on your shoulder was it back at michigan state was it prior to that like where did that originate from? Because that's the the attitude that he seems to carry with him, whether no matter what people are saying, no matter how many championships his team has won. So um, I think it's hilarious. However, I do want to mention that I actually had a Freudian slip um, when we were talking before the last break um, in saying that this team is after a three-peat. And I don't mean to overlook the fact that first they would have to repeat. However, yeah. something interesting that Steve Kerr was talking about um, during the – coach and GM media availability last week was that he thinks that the three-peat is actually the hardest versus the repeat. And I know you were just kind of saying that you feel like the Warriors really can and should defend the title this year. And they should not only defend the title, but like roll to a title. I think maybe the Bucks would be um, their biggest competition when it came down to the NBA finals. Uh, I don't see Boston running it back. That's for sure. Um, but I just think it's really interesting that Steve Kerr had kind of talked about not that defending a championship is easy, but that it would actually be trying to run it back for a third time. Um, so hopefully the Warriors have a lot more chips left in their bag because this team is after not just going for two, but potentially going for three. And Steve said he really believes that Curry is still peaking and still in his prime 
along with some of the other Warriors pieces who are aging. So like this may not be the last run for the Warriors. And I hope it's not. Um, so I hope that Draymond Green keeps all the chips in his bag, whether they may be barbecue, salt and vinegar, sour cream and onion, whatever they are, like Cheddar. keep it rolling because yeah. the talent this Warriors team has with the youth and the veterans could potentially lead to success, not beyond just this season. Oh, totally agree. Nice self-awareness, realizing that you said that, because I... Well, I, I did. I, actually, I, I realized that, like, during the break after, I'm like, did I just say they want to three-peat? I'm like, first I totally they have to repeat. I was like, first <laughs> they would have to repeat, but I kind of had been tossing that around in my head ever since Steve Kerr had talked about that. I think he first actually talked about it on 95.7 The Game. He went on, like, a week or two ago, and that was a topic that came up. Um, and I just thought it was really interesting that he said he actually thinks the three-peat is harder than the repeat because you're really hungry going back to back, you've got the momentum going, but then he's like going for the third, you know, is when players can start to get worn down or you start to get tired. The off season's very short when you yeah. run it, you know, but back to going back to back from a championship to starting the next season and trying to win it again. So it's like two, not just one short off season and the second short off season, you're trying to go come back and win with another year of age under your belt. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Uh, but first they have to repeat. I think that's very doable. <laughs> oh, it's totally doable. I'll, I'll I'll break down the Bucks on another show because I do not, as much as I respect Giannis, uh, he's one of my favorite players in the NBA. He always says the right things. You could tell he's just a positive dude. Um, but I don't see the Bucks as a serious threat. I don't. I mean, I, we'll, we'll break, I'll save that for another show because when you look at their roster, I, I don't. I just. I do not see it. I do not see it. They don't scare me. Um, Draymond did, by the way, uh, uh, shift gears to a more serious tone, uh, largely in part to a question asked by him about his contract extension. Draymond mentioned uh, this offseason that he wants a contract extension. Um, his contract allows for a player option next year, uh, valued at approximately $25 million. If Draymond uh, uh, agrees to the player option, obviously, you know, he's going to be under contract for another year next year. But if he just declines the player option, he is an unrestricted free agent. Um, and again, he's asked for a max contract. He's likely not getting it. Um, that back injury will likely prevent him from ever getting it, coupled with his age. But here's Draymond Green addressing uh, that topic. You guys have several people entering contract seasons, yourself included. I guess, number one, I mean, would you like to get something done before the season extension-wise? And two, how do a contract season like potentially weigh on a player? Um. I mean, at, at this point, I you know, uh, whether I'd like to or not, it's, I don't think it will happen. And so for me, I'm just focused on uh, this season and um, as, as, you know, being as, as great as I can be and as I know I'm capable of being and, and winning another championship and um, reaching my individual goals that I have as well. You know, I think um, that's my main focus. Uh, contract situations, contract years, uh, that is a part of this league. I think it weighs on everyone differently. I think um, I think the way a contract situation will make, uh, would weigh on me is totally different than the way it would weigh on a Jordan Poole who's never signed a big contract, you know? And so I think all of that matters as well. You know, when you're um, in different positions of your career and you know, like, all right, you, you have security or you don't. And, you know, I think all of those different things plays a part into how one may react to being in a contract year. And so uh, to, to each his own. Um, and, you know, some people are motivated by contract years. Some people 
are nervous and struggle during contract years, I think it is, it's all based on the player. Uh, for me personally, um, I think for me, any time in the contract year is motivation, you know, and that's kind of how I approach it. That's how I view it. And it's always been the way I viewed it, um, you know, and I've historically been the guy to bet on myself, um, even when, you know, others didn't believe. I've always felt confident betting on myself and nothing changes for me now. Yeah, I actually hadn't heard that until just now. Um, but how grateful, if you're a member of Dub Nation, how grateful are you that Draymond has a very positive approach to a contract year? Because that's a distraction for a lot of players. But he's embracing it as motivation. And, and look, thankfully, he's already made a lot of money in his career. So it's probably not as big of a deal as it is to a player like Jordan Poole. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that, on what Draymond said? Yeah, I thought it was interesting he brought up Jordan Poole because I think, you know, those two couldn't be in more opposite situations. I mean, Jordan Poole is someone who really struggled to prove himself coming into you know, coming into the league and really struggling his rookie season, his second year, and really just finally emerging and becoming this, you know, huge catalyst off the bench for the Warriors offense. But, you know, I think that he's still – I'm sure that – that mindset is still there that you feel like you need to prove yourself versus Draymond Green has some leverage in contract negotiations, which I think makes a huge difference in the level of confidence and comfortability going into a, a contract year because he knows he has leverage. He has the longevity with this organization. He has the championships. He knows what he brings to the table. There's not another player who brings that to the table. Mm -hmm. I mean, we saw, you know, the way the Warriors struggled when he was injured and the intangibles he brings that there isn't an, another player on this roster who has. Um, and then also the fact that he has Steph Curry on his side. I know that mm -hmm. we saw some articles coming out and, you know, just because of that really strong relationship he has with Clay and Steph, the Warriors know they got to keep Steph Curry happy. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I think he also has the strength of those relationships in the Warriors locker room and the players around him who really are going to push and say, hey, this is crucial that we keep Draymond Green around or going to push and say, hey, we want you to give Draymond the max extension, which is reportedly what Steph Curry had said or felt. Again, some there were some rumors or, or reports that came out this summer saying that. Um, so, you know, it's just interesting. There are two totally different situations. Jordan Poole going into his first major contract signing. I'd imagine there'd have to be some nerves and it could potentially affect his play. Hopefully not. But I think Draymond Green is all the confidence in the world. He has that leverage. He has that locker room support. And he has the right mindset. So I don't think there's any reason to worry about it, it affecting his play. I'd be more, more curious to see how Jordan Poole responds. Andrew yeah. Wiggins, another younger player who will be looking at, you know, making contract negotiations in the next year. And so he's another player. They'll be curious to see how he responds because he's another player who's really struggled to prove himself in this league. Mm -hmm. and prove batters wrong and finally coming into his own. And, you know, there's just not that same confidence as what Draymond Green has as a veteran in this organization. Absolutely right. Um, and, and again, it's I'm very curious to see how next offseason plays out. Like yeah. I said, the CBA's uh, up for renegotiation. Um. And there's a strong possibility, multiple reports have stated this, that uh, draft picks will no longer count toward luxury tax luxury tax penalties. Um, but there's also the factor that with the new TV deal coming, coinciding with this new uh, CBA being negotiated, um, salary caps are going to skyrocket. Player salary is going to skyrocket. Um, and, I, and I'm positive the Warriors are very aware of this and they're calculating all these figures into what they decide to do. I'm very confident Dre is not going to get a full max deal. What I mean by that is he's not going to get a five-year, uh, you know, like $200 million contract. There's, there's no way they're going to give him that. But I could see them giving him like a three-year max deal, 
Um, or I could see them giving him like a five-year deal that's not at the max, but maybe a, like 120 million or something like that. Yeah, it'll be. I'm very curious to see what happens um, during the season, especially next offseason, because you're right. The Warriors are gonna have a lot of questions uh, to answer. Um, Jamichael Green was one of the big free agent pickups this year. Yep. Seeing him in person, Kylan, uh, up, very up close, like being two feet away from him. He's a huge human being. Like he is much bigger than I thought. I could easily see him playing stretch five, obviously stretch four. Um, but but when Jamichael was being interviewed, he talked about him and Draymond Green as a tandem, which damn does that sound tantalizing. And here's Jamichael Green. Steve Kerr was talking about how critical of a signing you were, obviously bringing a lot of veteran presence. What's kind of the combination of feeling like the new guy, but also having all those years of experience as well? Um, you know, it's weird being a new guy, being real quiet right now to, you know, I break the ice. But other than that, man, I feel like I fit in great. You know, uh, they play hard. They get out the teams. Didn't realize how, how great of a defensive team this was. So um, it's just a hard-nosed team, and they play the right way. And you kind of emphasize bringing that dog mentality when you first came here, doing all the little things. What do you think that's going to be like with Draymond on the, on the court as well? Oh, it's going to be fun. You're going to get on a lot of people's skin. It's going to be a lot of trash talking. It's going to be some bumping. I mean, uh, that's what I live for. I mean, I love it. Steve. Oh, I love it too. I love it. I can't begin to imagine what this is going to look like. Like in the postseason, Jermichael of the five, Draymond of the four. That's going to be a duo, man. What, what, are your, what are your thoughts on Jermichael Green? I, I'm getting giddy. I'm getting giddy about Jermichael Green. What are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I think that him and Draymond could absolutely be, you know, an unstoppable tandem. And I think it sounds awesome. Um, I'm really curious to see just to learn more about, I guess, his personality and how he fits in with the Warriors culture. Because I think that's always... Um, I don't know, just an interesting thing to look at is the way that the Warriors front office is able to bring in players who like work really well in their system and also are really good fits culture wise. So I don't know. I just like haven't really watched him in press conferences, the way he interacts and stuff. So I'm curious as to just like, what were your takeaways about his personality? I don't know, maybe his mindset, motivation, like. He's a quiet guy. Like, like he, just like he said in that, in that clip so far, he's quiet. He's the new guy. He recognizes that. So he was not vocal. Um, you didn't hear much from him. He was just doing his business. Uh, but like I said, seeing him in terms of a physical specimen, like I was blown away. Like he could easily play the five for this team. Um, I I'm excited. I'm really excited. As long as his shooting comes back to form, I don't even know if like they need that in all honesty. It would help. But the fact that what he's going to give them defensively and as a rebounder, I'm ecstatic. I'm really ecstatic. What a pickup. That was again. I was I was in the doldrums for people that call me a homer. Um, I wasn't being called a homer two months ago when I was really pissed about Gary Payne the uh, second not being re-signed. But Jermichael Green curbed those issues for me. Like he, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I'm really ecstatic that he's a part of this team. But he was quiet. Yeah, the, the vocal people were were Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole was just a playful, fun dude. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and and. and uh, and Steph is obviously Steph. Like he, everywhere he went, there's like a whole parade yeah. behind him, pretty much following him around. Um, yeah, but Jermichael's quiet so far. I, I'm curious to see what you know, who he is as a person as we go through the season. Um, and then I have one more. Unless there's anything you want to add, I have one more sound clip. No, will you play the soundbite and then I want to ask you one quick question. I'll wait yes. till I ask you about one another player. I'm curious to hear your impressions of. But yeah, let's do the soundbite first. Yeah, let's go. Uh, and this is Clay Thompson. 
Um, one of my favorite human beings on the planet. Love this man. Here's Clay uh, talking about the unique position that certain Warriors players are in this year, more specifically Steph, Draymond, and himself, and Coach Kerr. Um, I believe Kevon Looney came after the first championship, so Kevon's going for his fourth, but those guys are going for their fifth championship, and and that's very select company they're joining if they accomplish that mission. So here's uh, Clay Thompson talking about going for number five. Clay, talking about the potential for a, a fifth title, how much do you and Steph and Draymond sort of talk about that in historical context and, and what kind of milestones you want to achieve yeah. together? I don't think we've actually talked about it at all, but I think about it all the time. You know, I think about Matt Johnson, Tim Duncan, Kobe. Gosh, who else has five, five championships? It's just a small Kareem, got six. I mean, the greatest, Scotty, Mike, like the greatest players that ever play are in that zone of championships. So, I mean, I, it's kind of mind-boggling to think that we have that opportunity, but we're going to seize it. I just, I can feel it. Yeah, and if he's feeling it, I love it, man. That that man is intuitive. So when he's feeling something, uh, I trust it. Kylan, what are your thoughts? And and ask away, please. I know you said he had a I'm question. Just, yeah, I, I feel like with Clay Thompson, I'm going to keep echoing things that I've been saying over the last few weeks that I think he's hungrier, he's healthier, and he's in better form than he's been in the last three years. So I think there's every reason to be excited and to expect Clay to have a bigger season this season. However, there's one player that has a lot of questions surrounding him. I'm curious as to what you thought when you saw him in person, because I did also miss the team's first practice on Saturday. Usually I'm in the gym and, you know, trying to really evaluate what we're able to see from some of the players, especially who are coming off of injuries, specifically James Wiseman. There were a lot of clips going around on Twitter showing him working out, him going one-on-one against Lou. Um, and, you know, he's a player that Bob Myers talked about, has been really healthy and has been scrimmaging a ton this summer. So I'm very curious as to what you thought he looked like in person. How is his game changed or maybe improved? I know one thing I noticed last year is that he was working a lot on ball control, a lot of screens, a lot on working on passing. So I'm very curious to see just kind of how he comes out this season. But were you able to get any early impressions of what James Wiseman looked like? No, I'm just going to echo what you said. Everything you said is is right. Uh, he's impressed everyone. In case, just to rehash what we said last week, Wiseman was there every day in September, scrimmaging with the team um, under the under the tutelage of Kerr and the coaching staff, and he looked great. Uh, Health wise, he's 100. Um, he's another incredibly large human being, obviously, but he's also very like mild mannered. You know, he's not a not a loud yes. vocal person. Um, but Did I, he it's look just stronger? Like, Did he look stronger? Because I know that something was very noticeable last season, even like from his rookie year, that he had put on some muscle. Like, how did he look like pretty, you know, like he'd been working out? He looks like Hercules. Yeah. So, yes, he looks like a massive, chiseled, you know, perfectly crafted human being. So, uh, yeah, I, he's, so, yeah. he's I, I expect great things from him. I, I'm, I cannot wait for games to start. When, when is this whole Japanese uh, trip? Like they're flying tomorrow, I think, mm -hmm. out there. Do you know what the schedule is? Like I, um, uh, I don't know because I've been off and, like I said, on vacation. I think they are leaving tomorrow because now that game is being played on September 30th. However, I know that technically it's 5 a.m. Pacific time when that game is being played, and I think in Japan it's actually the 29th. That is the time the game is being played. So. That's why I had been told they were flying out the 27th, so that would be tomorrow. 
Um, so, you know, they got a quick practice in today, um, this afternoon. I think it's actually going on probably right now. And then they're hitting the road tomorrow and, you know, doing the international tour. And I think that'll be a lot of fun. Absolutely. And I'm, tr I'm just trying to figure out, I was, I was looking up if the games are going to be televised. I'm sure they will be, but I just don't know how yet. I don't know if it's going to be an NBA TV production. Um, if it's going to be local ESPN, we'll, we'll report that once we know. Um, but yeah, it's here folks. The season is here. So I'm ecstatic. Kylan, welcome back from your trip. Um, I think that's it. We're good. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to here. dive right in. I mean, it's unfortunate just because they're going to be gone this week now. Uh, so we won't get to see you in person, but I'm excited to get back in the gym next week. And, you know, hopefully we'll get a little taste of what we're going to see this season from the Golden State Warriors. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And and I mentioned this before, but Kylan, you and I are going to be uh, a physical presence around the team this year. Um, I can't thank Raymond Ritter and the PR staff enough for their accommodations as always. Um, the Warriors are a world-class organization. Um, so yes, hopefully we'll be providing you with extra insights, given that we're going to be around the players and team on a regular basis. So that's it, folks. Happy Monday. <laughs> Otherwise, great stuff. Um, <laughs> that's Mondays. All right. I, I guess we're done. Okay. Thank you, everyone. I guess okay. we're done.